0: Hi, I'm Rachel Melimer, host of The Fearless Podcast. If it's your first time listening, welcome. In today's topic, we'll be discussing why does marriage matter? Now, I feel like this is a really great time to record this episode because right now, while I'm recording this, my husband and I have been married for just over a month and a half now, and I feel like a lot of people still don't understand our worldview and they might be wondering why we got married because I'm 23, my husband's 26, and to some people, that is a really young age to be getting married or that we're just throwing our lives away because we're getting, quote, tied down so quickly. And I've also known people to have the view that marriage is just pointless because all marriages or most marriages descend in divorce these days and they would just rather save money and the heartache. But luckily, though, divorce rates are getting lower and lower each year. The Australian Bureau of Statistics show that as of 2017, the divorce rate in Australia is two divorces per 1,000 people. Unfortunately, though, in 1970, the marriage rate in Australia was 9.6 marriages per 1,000 residents. And sadly, in 2017, the marriage rate has dropped to about 4.6 marriages per 1,000 residents. Now, this is probably because these days there's less pressure from society for forced or rushed marriages between potentially incompatible couples who have a higher risk of divorcing and more and more couples now are just living together before getting married, and it's viewed as like a testing their relationship before committing to to marriage. The number of couples living together before marriage has increased from 16% in 1976 to about 80.8% in 2016. So how does the Christian worldview sit amongst these statistics? Well, practically... One purpose of marriage is to create a stable home where children can grow and flourish and it teaches the important value of faithfulness to when they see two people commit to each other. Now if you're not into having children I also asked a few guys that I know on their view of marriage and the general perspective from them was that unless a guy has put a ring on the woman's finger he mentally he in his mind he isn't fully committed to that Woman, and he feels that he can leave at any time because there's no, there's no ring on their finger. And even if kids were a factor, they said that they generally felt like they could still slip out the back door, so to speak, because the commitment of marriage is just like a solidified public reassurance that just says, hey, yes, I love you and I'm not afraid to commit to you for life. When God designed marriage, he pronounced that it was very good in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, and he still calls it good, but only when we follow his design for it. When his design is changed or damaged from things like cheating or divorce, it can destroy families and weaken society, and that's definitely not what God wants. In Ephesians chapter 5, it lays out what a successful biblical marriage looks like and how it involves both the husband and the wife fulfilling certain roles. And when a believing husband and wife practice God's principles of marriage, which are laid out in the Bible, a solid, healthy marriage should end result. For example, in verses 25 to 31 of Ephesians chapter 5, it says that the husband should obey God and love, honor, and protect his wife as he would his own body. The equal principle for the wife is that she should obey God and submit to her own husband. Now, listen, it's not submit to every single man. No, 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 no. It's her own husband as she would submit to God. Now, it's a very controversial word, the word submit, but it isn't actually a bad word. It's it's not really a f- reflection of being lesser worth. Jesus always submitted himself to the will of the Father without giving up his own worth. Here it just means that when a wife submits to her own husband, she does so because it's in her own personal obedience to Jesus. She's submitting to her husband because she loves Jesus. Now, hear me, I'm not saying anything about the wife's abilities, talents, or worth. She isn't less than her husband. Submission should be a natural response to loving leadership. Of course, a wife shouldn't just submit to abuse. That's definitely not lawful or God-honoring. Never, ever, 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 ever... Should a man use the principle of submission to justify abuse? That's just twisting the Bible and promoting evil. That's that's a big no. It's simple, very, very simple. The husband's command is to love his wife because he is responsible before God to fulfill that command. The husband should exercise his authority wisely, graciously, and in the fear of God to whom he will give an account for his actions. When a wife is loved by her husband, as Jesus loved the church... Submission isn't hard. And when I say that, if you don't know what that is, it's basically sacrificial love, putting your spouse before yourself. In a marriage, submission is a position of giving honor and respect to the husband and complimenting what he's lacking in. So, for example, Jesse rocks at cooking. I do not. I'm more of an organizational person. So he's really good at making food. I'm really good at cleaning and organizing the house. And we complete each other in that way, and therefore we have a great little happy family in our cute little home. So that's what I'm getting at. We complement each other, and that's exactly God's plan for how the family should function. When we look at what the Bible says about marriage, and we look at the Bible because the Bible is core to the Christian faith, it it records the creation of marriage in Genesis chapter 2, verses 23 to 24, which says, The man said, This one, at last, is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken from man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. God created man and then woman so that they can complement each other. Eve here is identified as a helper, and in this context, it means to surround, to protect, or to aid. The Bible also says that marriage causes a man and a woman to become one flesh. This oneness is shown most fully through sexual intimacy. At Jesse and I's wedding, we actually highlighted this oneness by saying the Bible verse, Mark chapter 10, verse 9 at our ceremony. And it says, therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Basically, the biblical concept of marriage includes a oneness between the two that pictures or reflects the oneness of Jesus Christ with his church. Now, I've only been married for a short while now, but I've come to notice that God will bring us together with other people for the purpose of refining us, in in making us better. It takes off our selfish tendencies and makes us more others focused. God wants us to be more like Jesus. And one of the ways that he does that is by having a spouse who may be very, very different from you with the purpose of becoming more like Jesus and reflecting his qualities and bringing him glory because he's just so, so good. So next time you're really mad at your partner for leaving all the socks on the floor rather than getting mad, just be like, the Lord is testing me. He is growing patience within me. Thank you, Lord. Um, so marriage is one of the greatest sacrifices and acts of love that we get to experience in this life just like how Jesus died for us by dying on the cross we die to our selfishness it's no longer about personal satisfaction and gratification it's about our and us our vision our future our life our family now for a lot of people this is a really hard truth to confront because it's just really difficult to lay aside like what's best for me, what do I want to do, and to be part of like a bigger picture. But what it builds in us is a greater understanding of what genuine love is. The concept of oneness is something I'm still definitely practicing. My natural tendency is to be selfish and offensive because of past situations or habits. But I need to remind myself that Jesse is for me, He's not against me. He's my husband and we're a team. (laughs) It's no longer me or my, it's now us and our. And the more I remember that, the more I can be reassured that my marriage will definitely last because I'm not being selfish. It has to be a priority and I want to be able to celebrate our commitment to each other. It's not going to be easy. I definitely know that. And I have a long, long way to go. Like I said, month and a half doesn't even compare to like 70 plus years, but As a team, Jesse and I, we're going to need to know how to deal with problems and every couple has them. And as a Christian couple, you know, we can overcome this with prayer, Bible studying together and just mutual encouragement. All these things, they'll go a long way in fortifying our relationship. Now, sometimes even if things get really, really bad to the point where you need outside help. You should welcome that outside help, whether it's a counsellor or a trusted pastor. You should never shy away from wanting your relationship to be the best that it can be. I know that it can be very scary and sometimes very embarrassing when you have to bring someone from the outside in, but in the long run, if you find the right person to give you advice, they're working towards reconciliation in your relationship so that you guys can be stronger than ever. Jesus says at the end of Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, I am with you always to the end of the age. And also in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5, it also says, I will never leave you or abandon you. Now that kind of love is very special. One that husbands and wives should strive to display to each other every single day. Finding practical ways to show this kind of love to your partner helps to make a marriage last. And they could be things like spending quality time together, saying I love you often, showing affection in whatever their love language is, I'm sure... At some point, you've all heard of love languages, you know, the book, uh, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Well, they can, yeah, those things, they can involve complimenting each other, going on dates regularly, giving gifts if they love receiving gifts, writing notes, and just in general, always being ready to forgive. That's not really a love language. I just kind of threw it in there because everyone needs to forgive at some point. (laughs) It's one thing that I've definitely found is the key to a good marriage. Um, but anyway, I hope this episode has been very, very helpful for you and I hope it's encouraged you in this area. I'm not in any way saying in this episode that I'm a master of marriage. That is not a thing. (laughs) I'm, I'm still learning. Um, but I just wanted this episode to explain from a Christian worldview, why marriage is important and what it means to me and what I hope it reflects Um, you know, Jesse and I's marriage to our friends and our family. If you would like to dig more into this subject, some of my favorite books that I would definitely recommend are The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller, Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egerich, and The Sacred Marriage by Gary L. Thomas. Now, if you don't like reading books, I would definitely recommend Audible. It's an audiobook and you can just pop it on while you're at the gym or going for a drive or things like that. But anyway, I hope you have a really great week and I'll see you later. Bye.